Welcome to Masterpiece Podcast. Tonight we are featuring Phil, who fills the Airways Manning Part D. We now join Phil speaking about 97X founders and owners, Doug and Linda Baylock. First of all, it was just the love uh, of music and the station. I mean, we, you know, we, we'd fight over it <laughs> if we had to, you know. Um, and then, you know, the, the culture that Doug and Linda created there, you know, our ability to grow, um, make mistakes, learn from those mistakes, um, be pulled into the office and politely be told, you know, hey, ABC, these, you know, you, you know, you did this good, but I expect this next time. And, yeah. you know, uh, he mentored, you know, me, for example, from being a music fan uh, to a radio pro to a, a strategist, a people person, a, a leader. Um, you know, those adages, the Baylog edges uh, do ring true, you know, um, to the, you know, to this day. They, I still, I have mine frames somewhere yeah, on my wall over here. I was pointing to my wall. Yeah. Um, never, never, get, never do, uh, never be too big to do the small things, yeah. which is, I think, important stuff. Yeah. Um, and I do remember when I first started, I didn't understand it. We actually had an adages six pack. Uh, and yes. In fact, um, uh, when I left, uh, they gave me this real nice uh, three ring binder of uh, memory of memories. Mm-hmm. And I actually have the card here, Damien and Dave, um, which says tonight on the six pack, the inch six pack. There it is right there. <laughs> I read that card. There it is. That's it. I read that card. Wow. So it was uh, our uh, public. It says music from R.E.M. and public image. What was the what was the uh, oh pilgrimage would have been the yeah. REM song oh, yes okay. uh-huh. and I don't remember the other four but we used to say it, we used to add edge to everything yes. I, yes. I don't even know how it happened Cary Gray I believe it was a Cary Grayism yes yeah tunage that's how we you know tunage that's probably how the yeah that's probably the uh, uh, the, the, the the beginning of it uh, would you be able Car- to lead it to Cary Gray by the way do you Pardon? know where you, do you know how to get a hold of Cary Gray uh unfortunately perry carry passed away about four years ago oh i did not know that yeah, yeah he um we talked five or six years ago he was back in he was in buffalo and he was just about to start a job as a bank teller he was miserable about it uh and during that first week he was he got another gig at like an some kind of funky am station in red wing or red hawk minnesota uh, he was doing sports. It was eclectic music mix. Uh, then he contracted brain cancer. Uh, he passed away about four years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. I, I knew. I, I last talked to him when he was working in radio in Canada. It was the last time I had talked to him. And I found when I go through the old stuff, a picture at the Indy 500, Carrie Gray, myself, and Bubba the Love Sponge, his good friend, <laughs> at the Indy 500. Yeah. yeah, they were good buddies. Yeah. Oh, Man, that's that sad. Yeah, that guy sucked down some coffee, man. I'll never forget the time that uh, he and I rode in his. Uh, do you remember the kind of car he had? I, I don't remember at all. Was his car was the one a, that caught fire? Yeah, it was a Chevette, wasn't it? The caught fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little tiny box, you know, no bigger than our kitchen tables. Yeah, it's a uh, Chevette. We went down to some hotel in the city and picked up Bob Mould, drove him back to the station for an interview. He swore on the air, <laughs> like no, no. Of course, we had no delay, seven second delay. Uh, it was during the workbook, the workbook era, right? Yeah. Uh, his, that first that solo record, which we could never play enough of. Yeah, uh, and there were a couple of good bathroom songs on that record too. A couple yeah. of nice six and a half minute uh, epics. But that's that's one of the first shows because I think that was uh, I was working part time, 
And then, you know, as a part-timer, you got paid in CDs and Bogart's concert tickets or whatever. And I remember going, and I kind of went bass backwards into modern rock. Like, I didn't have that. I didn't grow up with an XRT. I grew up in freaking rural Arkansas. So it was just, you know, I didn't have that institutional knowledge. So, like... Uh, Husker Du was kind of an unknown thing to me, and then when Bob and I, but I love that album. We went to the show, and then after the show, you're saying you said, "Come on, let's let's go back, like backstage where the bus was parked or whatever." I didn't even know. I was like, "Okay, whatever. What what is this? I don't know." And then you know, Bob came out and talked to us for a little bit, and that I just vividly remember that show. Like they, you know, he started with Wishing Well, like, you know, dark stage. And then he comes out there and he's just freaking just like, this guy's got so much energy. I've never seen anything like this before. So that's... He's still, he's still pumping the new music out, too. Oh, yeah. yeah like, new new a new song is really good, too. The one about oh, yeah, the whole album. Yeah. yeah, he's back to rocking. I've heard two songs so far. Um, um, but that, my... I heard a podcast early on. You were talking, Damien. You guys were sharing about uh, various interviews uh, that happened at the station. I had no idea that I interviewed Richard Thompson. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> no idea. That was one of my favorite. I don't remember, Jens. <laughs> oh, that was a great, it, like, just to watch that guy play. And you had said, yeah, Damien, you don't want to do it. And I was like, I choked, man. I was just too nervous because, you know, like, I loved his music so much. And I was like, I'm just going to be, like, tripping over my tongue the whole time trying to talk what a to him player. i remember meeting him again in la a couple of years several years later and i was and i shook his hand and i was like dude your fingers they're like a t- one and a half the time size of a conventional finger so you know how why he's such a great player oh yeah yeah um my, my other uh my other phil phil manning uh memory was and i brought this up the other day uh we tried to get Chip Chinnery, the comedian from Miami University that uh, went to uh, went to Miami from Cincinnati. That was kind of a big. We needed to spice up that morning show, so we uh, we went uh, down and and Doug gave us money. We had enough money to go take him to Montgomery Inn. Wow. Okay, we're going to Montgomery Inn, and then we do the pitch. You know, would you want to like contribute to the morning show? And he told us the whole story. Yeah, I go on tour and I hear these other guys calling in the morning and these radio shows. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested. And, and Phil goes, well, we, we can't really pay you, but we can give you all the CDs you want. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking, man, that, wow, that's a hard ask. And, and Chip kind of goes, well, you know, uh, CDs don't put food on the table, do they? <laughs> I was like, I, I realized then he's not going to be uh, chipping in, Chip, uh, in the morning. No <laughs> Chip. Uh, I have a, I have my, I have my favorite Dave Tellman story goes like this. <laughs> I can't remember the show. The name of the show it was at a park. It was, uh, the Goo Goo Dolls, the Judy Bats and the, uh, the, the, the reggae band, uh, uh, Souls. Wailing Souls. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Day and Eden. Eden is the name of it. Eden. So we're, we're, uh, the, the day's going sm- smoothly thus far. And uh, so Bake and I were off in some kind of like armory or some build off out some building a couple hundred yards away from the stage. And we're just sitting there just resting because, you know, been a long day already. All of a sudden, in comes Dave Tellman. <laughs> Judy Bats. <laughs> Goo Goo Bells. <laughs> Fright. <laughs> I 
<laughs> Off we go, 200 yards backstage to find out what the hell is going on. Oh, <laughs> It's like I had an arrow on my back. I just dropped. <laughs> He's like the original marathon runner. Nike. Was it, was it Robbie or Johnny Goo said, um, we got to get off the stage because of the wussy goo goo doll or the wussy beauty bats. Yeah. Yeah. They were not happy about that and, and, and tried to like went after the sound man. And so then one of the, one of the co-ops at the time, one of our interns from Miami University, like Joe Sampson, who was, you know, 6'2", but weighed, you know, like a buck 40 soaking wet. He's like, oh, I had Johnny in a full Nelson. <laughs> like, trying to restrain him from taking out the sound man who was just trying to do his job. Like he was a parks board employee. And it's like, we have to stay on schedule or whatever. Like we right. got behind and then they, they pulled the plug on him. And this and, was the... This was pre-hot adult contemporary Goo Goo Dolls. When they still have been uh, an attitude. They were on Metal Blade. They have just gotten signed by Warner Brothers. So they feel. I talked to the RCA rep Craig Diablo after that, and wow. later on, and they sent him to Charm School. He said, "There's no doubt about it. We sent him, and we we sent him to this. You know how to be polite to girls. You know young you know people. They cleaned him up. They they got you know a stylist for him." Because they knew that they wouldn't be able to be the Goo Goo Dolls they were if they didn't get that done. I remember talking to Craig about that once. Money. That's Cause, funny. Because they showed up at Dan Eden in that van with the U-Haul. Yep. And and then Phil gave me cash. And Aaron Bournes and I had to drive and find a liquor store to buy two cases of Bush Light before they would go on the air. <laughs> two cases. How many people yeah. were in that van? They made, a, they made a 10-hour drive from uh, Buffalo that, like, yeah. that morning. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody, they had to, I think they borrowed some uh, basic cigarettes from Steve Baker, right? Some smokes, too. <laughs> I think so, too. Right. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's too good. So, Phil, as you look back, I mean, you know, certainly, like we talked about, like just a legendary career in modern rock, alternative rock, whatever you want to call it. But what sticks out the most from your time at 97X? And you were there quite a while, so I don't know if it you can encapsulate yeah. it in one thing, but... Uh, yeah, it was uh, six, six and a half years, um, you know, personally, I went through a lot, a lot of growth, but um, to see the station, you know, we joke about it, but the station did gain a, a, a popularity uh, over those years. You know, uh, I recall the stories of people that were house or apartment hunting and would go there with their transistor or boom box and you know, the, the realtor would be there and go, oh, but here's the bedroom. And, and, they, and the person would go, hold on a second. They'd plug in. They'd tune into 97.7. They, they'd hear it and they go, okay, about that, about that first bedroom. <laughs> and then, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the garden or the yard or the pool in the back of the yard. It was the reception of the radio station. Yeah. Um, the, the reception that we get at concerts for doing things like uh, uh, cure the cure poster mm -hmm. uh, banner night at uh, O'Hara uh, O'Hara Arena, um, the, uh, the 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 riverboat cruises, um, so that connection with the listener was pretty special, and we saw it. We definitely saw it get exponentially larger over time. Uh, we definitely can't deny that. Unfortunately, we couldn't do what we we couldn't do much more with the signal. Mm -hmm. Was what it was, but. Um, so that showed me that the people inside the building um, chose the right music, had really good ears. Um, there was an affinity towards us as personalities. Uh, we respected the music, but uh, still were able to 
weave personality in there um, in a short amount of time. I mean, Dave, the way he opened up his shows every day, you know, um, the, the Barney Fife of modern rock, and then he would tell us why, and he'd do it in 20, 25 words, and then boom, he's on to the music. We were not yappy yappers, you know. Um, Morning Drive, we had relevant um, community information, you know, with Julie doing the weekend report. Uh, and then we had some killer specialty shows, you know, bringing Julie Foreman in from the East Coast and really turning us on to dance music. I mean, we were a Midwest rock, you know, rock-based station, mm -hmm. starting 97 Extra Beats. Um, um, so we, we just encapsulated so many different um, uh, styles of music within the, the modern rock uh, umbrella. Um, and then I think the culture that Doug and Linda um, created there um really encapsulated every everything you know uh we were a team you know and, and i think and that was it you know we had very few if any gripes against one another in fact one of the bay luggages what uh was um barrier barrier troubles private privately and patiently yes uh, you know instead of trying to create silly hallway drama which we just weren't about <laughs> frankly we we're too busy doing the, getting the job done you know <laughs> <laughs> Well, we had five hats. We were DJs, program directors, <laughs> production directors. And, and, yeah, and, then, we and then we started scheduling the music by, via, by, via computer. So, you know, we, we would that, that would take seemingly forever to schedule the tunes. Remember that? Yeah, that original computer that came from Tandy. <laughs> A Commodore 64. And And um, even... And it's most programmed, though, Phil. I think it was more, like you said, you came up with, you know, Ultra Core or Core and Young Seed or whatever. It was more like buckets of songs from which the DJ could choose. I mean, there were certain songs, yes, okay, these were going to play these each day or whatever. But for the right. most part, it was like, here's a, here's a bucket, pick a song from that bucket and play that. Yeah, yeah, we're still going to play, you know, oh, Adrian Ballou's "Oh Daddy" uh, twenty-four times a week when it, or twenty-eight times a week because it's hot. Instead of here, pick any song off of the off the Adrian Ballou record, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In light, in medium or light, we might have had a couple of other Adrian Ballou songs. And but um, yeah, you're right, Damien. You know, it was uh, here's the card, pick the tune. Even when even with the when we went computerized, there were probably three or four or five slots an hour. Um, where you're able to, to choose whatever from whatever category. And then when we didn't have enough commercials in the hour, there was inevitably that extra time with, at uh, 57 past the hour. <laughs> <laughs> Throw something else in there. Uh, I, think, I think we also graduated over time. We really gave the station, in addition to music and personality, um, some imaging color. Um, I think between the records, there was, I, I, I saw that uh, podcast just post. I haven't had a chance to get to it yet, but... Um, I, I like some of the production that you've been playing on past podcasts. So there was a lot of color in between the records because there was a lot of wacky personalities, you know, that, you know, Dave, Dave's creativity just knew no bounds. Yes. Uh, there's a great everybody's record spot on that one that has, I think, all of us on it. You're on it. Julie's on it. Damien's on it. I'm on it. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a well done spot on that, that podcast. This weekend, it's a win before you buy weekend on 97X. Win before you buy, la, la, la.
The brand new Morrissey CD hits the stores this Tuesday. I have a brand new album. It's titled Kill Uncle and 97X has copies to give away all weekend long. In addition to that, we'll play new Morrissey tracks all day Saturday and Sunday. New me all weekend long. It's a Morrissey win before you buy weekend. Only on the future of rock and roll, 97X. Do you guys still have uh, packets of Folgers coffee laying around? <laughs> what? Just, this is, this, I don't know if this predated you, Damien. We, oh, we, were, yeah. we were a test market. Mm-hmm. Oxford was a test market for these uh, pre-packaged coffees that Folgers mm-hmm. was test market testing. Yeah. And they o- o- own the radio station for at least 90 days. Uh, and then remember that uh, other company was going to market that Johnny Extreme. Yes. I think I still have my Johnny Extreme T-shirt. It was that I, I remember like, that guy with it. Yeah, you're around. The, they owned the station for a little while then too. I, I, I heard. That. I heard you doing a fu- telling a funny story, Dave, about uh, you. You had to call a record rep and tell him uh, you couldn't fax him the playlist or something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I had to do that several times as well. And then the next day, what what happened was. Uh, Two rolls of tw- two rolls of fax paper would be mailed to us from the record label. So here, <laughs> here's that. Um, I think we're the station in America that faxed out our playlist on an eleven and a half by seventeen sheet of paper instead of an eight, you know, instead of an eight by eleven. We had like what eighteen powers or heavies, and then twenty five mediums, and then twenty eight lights. I mean, we were maxing out at sixty five plus records. It seemed at a time. Oh, yeah. There's so much great music out there. Yeah. Uh, one, one other thing I always noticed about the station, too, was the fact that uh, I, I even have a couple friends now. Randy, the redneck, Randy Herzl. Randy Herzl, uh, yeah. I, I still talk to him every once in a while. I saw him last year. I, uh, El Blanco is another one I still hang out with. I mean, all the radio stations you work out, do you think you know many of those wouldn't have those kind of relationships years later with listeners? Right. Oh, tell yeah. Randy I said hi. We, we, we hung out a lot. Well, if, Randy brought up this him and his, uh, I don't think they're married anymore, uh, Johanna. They came up in uh, uh, to our apartment in Cleveland and in their uh, camper, and they uh, popped it in the driveway and, and stayed there for the weekend. That sounds like uh, a Cousin Eddie moment from <laughs> vacation. Well, I, I, you know, he reminded me of the best story I forgot. Randy and I went to Phil's wedding, and we paid the band enough to play the Barnaby Jones theme. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten that. I forgot that too. He reminded me. He goes, Dave, we we each ponied up some cash and boom. Oh, Barney boom. Miller. Yeah, Barney Miller. Sorry, sorry, Barney Miller thing. Yeah. Good. That's good. You know, I almost uh, I almost got fired after my wedding. So my aunt at the time was a stewardess for TWA, and her present to us was a were the uh, you get free family can get free tickets. So yeah. we went to we went to Hawaii, but you have to be on standby. So the plane has to be avail seats have to be available. Well, on the way back, there weren't seats available, and it took nearly another week for me to get back. Wow! I finally got back. Doug pulls me in the office. He goes, "Philo, I almost fired you." <laughs> I'm like, oh, I mean, he's got to he had to hire somebody to you know probably bring in Damien to do uh to do afternoon drive for a week. Um, he, uh, I got. I don't know if that was the reason or what the reason was. It was probably because I was a crappy DJ. It was uh, I got pulled off the air in like '92. I was actually off air PD for uh, 
nearly a couple of years. I don't remember that. Yeah. Well, I'd feel, you know, whomever go on vacation, I'd do that week or whatever. But uh, and I, and I had to do a weekend shift. Um, but yeah, I was off air for at least a year and a half or so. Um, I really think the real reason Doug kept me around, though, is so I could keep scoring goals and winning championships for our house hockey league team at Miami <laughs> University. <laughs> Phil was a longtime member of the 97X team, and we have more of Philippalooza coming up in a future podcast. I was walking down the street on a sunny day. Hubba, 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 hubba. 97X. It's a home park. It's very pretty. What do you call this? Well, this piece is called uh, Lick My Love Pump. Rumblings from the Big Bush. 